I'm Jenna Ocean, and this is Little Ritual. Hello, guys. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope your week is treating you well. Today, I will be sharing my conversation with my friend Libby Duffy. So, um, spoiler alert, Libby is coming to France with me, and they will be offering a tarot workshop, which I'm so excited about. And in today's episode, we talk about her role with shadow work. We talk about being a hearth witch and what that means. And um, this week's been kind of fun because at the beginning of the week, I had an interview with a Dianic witch, and then I talked to Libby, who's a hearth witch. And I just think it's fun that I'm learning all these different ways that one can be a witch. So many ways to slice a pie, if you will. <laughs> um, so other than shadow work and being a hearth witch, we also talk about rage yoga. And if you are thinking, what the heck is rage yoga? Well, it is sort of exactly what it sounds like. And beyond that, you'll just have to listen to our conversation. So grab yourself something cozy. Happy fall equinox, by the way. And let's hop in to my conversation with Libby Duffy. Welcome back to the Little Ritual Podcast. I'm Jenna Ocean, your host, and today I have the beautiful Libby Duffy on. And Libby did her 200-hour RYT through Journey Ohm Yoga in Salem, New Hampshire in 2018. Since then, they have been teaching both in studio and in their own business for five years. It's amazing, Libby. It's been a journey. (laughs) Yeah. And has expanded as a teacher, tarot reader, spiritual mindset coach, and podcaster. In their free time, Libby enjoys spending time connecting to nature, playing with her dogs and child, and cooking. Libby, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited that we got this. I'm just excited that you exist and (laughs) that we're connected and that you're coming to France in June. I get like very overexcited whenever I start thinking about it. And it's been very hard concentrating on like the mundane work stuff and just being like, not trying to freak out because also it's currently September. So it's like, (laughs) all right, that's a little far off. Am I getting ahead of myself or? (laughs) Absolutely. But is it awesome? It's so awesome. And I'm so excited for it. Me too. And I was actually just um recording on my phone so the audio is going to be so bad for that but I was recording just a little update and talking about how whenever someone signs up or is going on a retreat I just get so excited because I know that we're going to get to know each other in a very unique way I I agree (laughs) completely so I actually was thinking about this retreat on during the new moon that happened last Mm. week and I was just thinking about all of it. And I actually started crying, which for me to cry on lunar cycles is not abnormal. We've talked about this before. I'm a cancer moon, so I feel my emotions very deeply and I cry around moon cycles and it just is what it is. But it was all like happy Mm -hmm. tears. And that's kind of one of the things about me. I don't cry when I'm sad. I cry if I'm happy and I cry when I'm frustrated. But in that moment, I was like, 
All right. Just happy tears, thinking about all of this, manifesting it into existence, doing my manifestation ritual that I do every new moon. But mm -hmm. I've just been including this retreat because I'm so excited about it. Oh, I love that. And I love that you're a cancer moon. And I like get that in just talking to you. Like I can feel the, the deep like emotion and like watery expression. Uh, I think I am maybe intuitively. So this is an earring that mm -hmm. I don't know if you can see it. It's oh, those it's are a, so cool looking. Thank you. I, I I'm really into them because it, I don't know if you can tell. It's an eye with like three droplets of water that are yeah. sort of holographic. Those are um, very cancer. <laughs> yeah, they are. And and I don't have any. I almost have no water in my chart, and so these earrings are like a reminder to me to that I can like embrace the the fluid and the emotion in life. And I think, yeah. I forgot that you're a Cancer Moon. So I think I just kind of intuitively was thinking of you. Hey, intuition, <laughs> gotta love it. Yeah. And I, I actually really like that reminder. So I know we've, we've talked about our charts together before, but yeah. I, so I, for those who don't know, I'm a Capricorn sun and a Leo rising. And for a very long time, like I ignored the emotional side of me, granted, like I didn't no astrology back in like high school or any of sure. that and I knew it very little in college but it was like a tampering down like the Capricorn way is to suppress your emotions and pretend they don't exist and I very much did that and I feel like the biggest thing that has come out of my spiritual awakening has been just the ability to allow myself to tap into emotions and allow myself to feel because there is such a healing a shift that happens when you just allow yourself to feel your emotions mm -hmm. and accept them for what they are. That's huge. That's like yeah. a big deal. It like, is. If we can say it in one sentence, you know, right. accepting emotions and, but it's, there's a lot of work that goes into that. So that's oh. really. Yeah. Beautiful. I can sum it into one sentence. Now it did not take me one sentence to get to that point. It definitely right. took years, but. Oh, on that note, that's a beautiful segue. Um, you can take this question any way you want, but I'm just sure. curious, like whatever you want to share about how you have, what your journey has been like and like how you've arrived at this current iteration of, of the work that you do in this, in this world. So I feel like I always have to bring this question. I've actually been asked this a lot lately and I, I, I actually kind of love it because it's not something that I talk about all the time at this point in my life. So um, I always bring it back to the beginning of when my spiritual awakening happened because I always feel like that part is a part of what I am doing now. Mm -hmm. And so I my spiritual awakening happened when I got divorced from my first husband and I was 24. I got married when I was 23 and it very quickly dissolved. Um, and no shame, not going to get into that, but essentially it was basically that spiritual awakening point was one discovering what I wanted, who I wanted to be and working on living for myself. And then two, coming back to kind of my more witchy roots because I that was another thing that I had been ignoring for quite a long period of time so I always credit wanting to get more in touch with my emotions and finding out about myself and my witchy roots with what I am doing now 
So for, I, I do mostly a lot of shadow work guidance and intuition strengthening for my clients in order to help them build more confident lives, more self-acceptance in their lives, more self-trust in their lives, that kind of thing. But that, and that is because those are all things I had to learn. And it's kind of like, well, might as well teach about what you know. And yeah essentially just bringing in the practices that I had done in order to bring myself here. So that for context, I'm 31 now. So obviously it's been a seven year journey to be in this position of where I am. Um, But it's all of the things that I have learned along the way continuously keep coming up. And um, I feel I feel like we always start talking about things when we need to start talking about things. And it took me a long time to get to that point. So. Yeah. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And it's, it's been a ride, but. (laughs) I'm honestly so impressed with you and others that I've interviewed, like the ability to summarize how we've gotten into this work because with things that are like intuitive work or um, what you described as, you know, shadow work and witchy, it's also, it's, I find it hard to explain sometimes because it's so integrated. It's so like personality based. Um, And that's kind of the thing. Like I say witchy ways, but that has become such an umbrella term at this point and it means something different for every person who identifies as a witch so we all do different practices like for me I mostly do my practice through tarot and then by moon cycles other people do other things than what I do and (laughs) it's kind of like acknowledging that somebody may not understand exactly what I mean when I say witchy ways but they can't think like have an idea of it. And if somebody wants to know, they can ask me like, Oh, what specifically do you do? What are your specific rituals? Like, right. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. I mean, you, you, you just touched on it. So yeah, your, so I just interviewed a witch yesterday that was, um, initiated like into a Dianic witch coven. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. That's but, so um, cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, So everyone, yeah, I think witch is such a big, a big, beautiful umbrella term. And uh, you were talking about, so tarot and the moon cycles, what does it mean? What is your specific understanding of witch for yourself at the moment? So honestly, if I had to break it down simply, I would just say that it is how I live my day-to-day life. So I typically will identify myself as a hearth witch. So I do a lot of cooking and cleaning and that is my magic. And I like sharing my magic with the people that I live with. So that is typically what I do. So if you see me making a stew, I'm doing a spell. Like I'm Mm. adding in rosemary to make people feel safe at my home. I'm adding in basil for good luck. I'm doing all of these things with intention. And I think of that as how I like my witchy way at this point in my life. Mm. That's so lovely. Um, yeah, it's interesting how much, 
how simple magic, what I'm learning magic can be. It's like, it's the mundane everyday stuff, except with intention and, and yeah. I, yeah. I think of it as wanting to make my day-to-day life just a little magical because mm-hmm. there are days where it doesn't really feel magical. So I want to create that own magic for myself. Yeah. Have, has there been anything recent, like a ritual that has brought you a lot of life or joy or something specific that you've stumbled upon or created? So it's nothing recent. Like this is just something that, but it continues to surprise me with how it makes me feel. I I call them manifestation walks. And it's essentially just, I'm going on a trail walk with my dogs in the woods. And I am thinking about the things that I'm grateful for. I'm thinking about the things that I want to feel at the end of the day. I'm thinking about connecting to nature and my intuition and attracting my desires to me and the that type of thing. And actually it was Friday, I think, where I did that. And I just felt, I felt like Stevie Nicks all day. I was like, I feel magical. I was wearing this cute flowy dress and crystals. I was like, I just feel like my best self right now. And Mm -hmm. I am so happy. I love that. I think we've talked about this. Like, yeah, because we both have like Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. 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 And we've Stevie definitely Nicks, have talked about Fleetwood Mac before. 100%. She's so archetypal. Like Stevie Nicks has an energy to her, especially when she was doing her live performances with oh Fleetwood my gosh, Mac. Yeah. 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 Oh, I dressed up as her for Halloween like three years ago. And I think that that was one of Beautiful. my, <laughs> yeah, I think that was me subconsciously sort of pushing the limits of like, the religion that I was in at the time, like Christianity and sort of testing the waters of witchiness was like literally trying on these costumes that were sort of embodying a little bit of the magic and witch archetype. I feel like that's how it starts sometimes where it's like, because even when I was ignoring the more magical side of me, I was still dressing as a witch every year for Halloween or like a fairy or something like that. I was, it was never gone from my life and I always feel like anybody who is who identifies as a witch was born a witch like whether it took us 30 years to find it or 15 years to find it whatever it is we're all born like this so Mm. I think that was just you allowing yourself to dress as your true you so I love that. (laughs) yeah I love it too um have you done any exploration and this is just something I'm curious about, like with your ancestry or like, do you know where your, your roots kind of trail off to? Yeah. So I am predominantly, um, okay. I shouldn't say predominantly because I'm such a mix of everything. Um, but sure. yeah. <laughs> my, my dad is French Canadian and then my mom's side. Uh, so my grandmother is like French and English. And then my grandfather is Ukrainian. So I have all of like that European influence. And if I had to guess, um, so I, I did, I actually did 23andMe. Um, and Same. my report came back as I had a pretty high percentage of Ashkenazi 
Jew, Jewish ancestry, which I'm not surprised about. My grandfather's Jewish. So I knew that. Um, But I I was kind of shocked at the percentage that it came back in. It was like in the thirties or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's pretty strong gene. And I, if I had to guess like any of the, the magic, it probably came from like Eastern European folk or Jewish folk magic. Totally. Yeah. Isn't that, um, I was surprised in studying theology, like how much in Judaism, like I think it was called the Kabbalah. There's like a magic Jewish text. Yeah. Um, and every culture has one. So I, I yeah. have a really close friend who is Catholic and he has a tendency to get kind of like, like gives me glares and just kind of like, none of the stuff that you talk about is real. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, I would like for you to talk to the weird aunt and ask what her practices are. Okay. Because yeah, right. <laughs> also Catholicism <laughs> is super witchy. I, my, you can, <laughs> you cannot tell me that Catholicism is not witchy. I like will the not robes, believe you. The, the incense, robes, the, the eating songs, of flesh like, and blood. That's exactly. so witchy. All of it. All of it. Yeah. I remember hearing from, a, I, I saw, maybe it was a TikTok or something, but somebody was like, oh, maybe Jesus was studying to become a death wish, a death witch. And that's why he went into a cave for three days and then resurfaced so he could be reborn because there is certain rituals that different types of witches do and one of the the I don't know much about it because it's not my lane but but it's um, fun to think about right yeah and there is a ritual that when death witches become initiated they have to symbolically die so when I think about it I'm just like was was Jesus a witch (laughs) like and I don't think it's too far of a stretch to just say yes to that. <laughs> like, you're yeah. you're turning water into wine. First of all, where is the spell? Second of all, <laughs> like, if you are doing that. And also, Jesus was hanging out with all of the prostitutes and the, the lepers and all of the people that society deemed as bad. And then he... I don't know. There's so much. I did a cut. I did um, a little time in Catholic school. So some of this does start to come through when I get talking. Rock um, on. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was raised in a Unitarian Universalist church, but I, I did a, the, my high school, my school system, my local public school was not that great. So my parents tried me in Catholic school and didn't end up well, but <laughs> Is that like high school? When was that for you? I middle school. And I was back what in public time. high. I was back in public high school. So by the time we started, yeah. So, oh, my mom went to. A, I think my mom actually has some significant trauma from her time in, like she was in an all girls. Was it all girls? Yeah, she was in an all girls Catholic school, and like oh, no, <laughs> yeah, and she was just a wild child. So, God bless. But um, can I tell you something crazy that I learned yesterday? That yes. is either. I don't think it's, I, I guess I'll frame it as a theory just cause I haven't looked into it myself, but I don't think it's that from my knowledge of like biblical history and stuff, it's not that far off. So the person I was interviewing yesterday, she was mentioning how Jesus hung out with prostitutes yeah. and then she corrected herself and was like, actually they weren't prostitutes. That's how the empire like framed it. But really they were like high priestesses and were performing like sexual <clears throat> healing 
for um, like people who had been in war and came back home or like anyone who needed to heal that sort of Shakti force within them would come to the temple and they'd be like sort of bathed in this like sexual healing. I had never heard it like that before. And I, maybe that's just because I, like, I never heard that. I always heard anytime that I looked at a Bible or was taught about the Bible, which admittedly was not much unless you count religion class in Catholic school. So sure, of yeah. course they're not, they're not going to give me that lesson, but I right. love that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love all of the reframes that bring sort of a different view than the traditional masculine to, to the story. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, we've seen this in several different types of historical context where the masculine frame always just tells us one thing and we all walk around believing it. I mean, how many, I would always think about the amount of articles that we read about like archaeological discoveries and they're just like, oh, these two friends. And it's just like, are you sure they weren't gay? <laughs> Come on, guys. I know. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, and then the thing is, is that it's sort of like we can now sort of get an idea of like, no, they were right. lovers or whatever. But right. it's like sad that it's lost to to history for for like so many thousands of people that were reading different history books. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. And I I think it'll be interesting the as time goes on what we are able to uncover and what our technology is able mm. to have us learn because I am sure the things that we learned in history class were just scratching the surface and mm. some of it probably wasn't even true to begin with so yeah do you mind if I ask you a question about your work sure go for it cool I'm curious like what who comes to you for um yeah like who are your clients like who are usually drawn to your specific work that you do so weirdly enough the most uh, like if i had to pick a like me i'm trying i'm like remembering the mathematical word for it uh was mode but the most about that i see are actually business coaches and talking about how like i remember i had one that we were doing intuition strengthening together and then we later did some shadow work stuff together and she is a great business coach, but she's like, oh, I feel like I need to learn more about myself in a spiritual context. And mm -hmm. I need to work through some of my past beliefs around this in order to manifest better in my life. So I, I've actually, that's the main path that I've seen. Sure. I'll get like mm -hmm. other yoga teachers uh, tend to come to a class here and there, or, or I've anybody asks for a tarot reading it's been mostly yoga instructors who I've done readings for but as far as like shadow work clients it's been a lot of business coaches actually interesting it is interesting I yeah. I I mean I love working with them I love working with people in general and it's part of the reason why I started doing this but yeah. I always talk about like oh yeah I'd love to work with other parents because uh, parenting is hard and if you have to reparent yourself or learn different ways to parent than what you were raised as then sometimes we need that little extra push and like shadow work has helped me so much as a parent so could you help us understand what shadow work is 
Sure. So shadow work is looking, essentially looking at your subconscious. So that little part of you that exists below the surface, but every once in a while you hear this mean little voice in your head that goes like, you can't do this because blah, blah, blah belief that you learned back when you were a child. Oh, shoot. Oh, well. Um, sorry. No, so you're good. the, the shadow self, the subconscious, it begins forming in our childhood. So our childhood and our teen years are when it's the most susceptible. So if you grew up in a house believing that some, something like the ones that I see the most of are people wanting to look at their past beliefs about money and their past beliefs about love and relationships. Um, I have used shadow work a lot for what, for working through the blocks that I had about like what I should be when I grow up essentially, Mm -hmm. because in my house, it was very much taught you do the nine to five office job and that's how you get stability and happiness and fulfillment when I get a lot of fulfillment from talking about tarot cards and shadow work. (laughs) So, um, so that has been my personal shadow work. But essentially, we want to look at what those learned beliefs were because they come up in our day-to-day lives. I've done a lot of inner teen healing because I had a lot of uh, past events that happened in my teen years that I had to learn how to work through, especially with relationships and believing that, like now, I totally believe and I know that I'm worthy of this wonderful, supportive, healthy relationship that I'm in now, but I didn't believe that for a long time. Yeah. And you do rage work as well, right? Yep. Rage is a valid emotion. And I think too often society wants to tell us like, no, keep that buried. Mm-hmm. And it, even within um the yoga community, like everybody talks about like, oh, good vibes only. And it's like, no, bad vibes sometimes. Like if you need a bad vibe, have a bad vibe. So it's louder and clearer for the people in the back. Like it's so many times people are like, oh, you do rage yoga. Yeah. It's really good for the throat chakra. Like Mm -hmm. you want to talk about clearing your throat. Let's, let's scream and swear while we're doing yoga poses. Yeah. I think that, so my, um, partner is a man. He identifies as a man. And, uh, he was, he used this phrase because I invited him to a yoga studio and I knew he didn't, he wouldn't want to come. I just wanted to invite him. Yeah. Just, you know, and he was like, I don't want to go to that studio. And I was like, what is it about it? And he was like, you know how people talk about toxic masculinity? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, it feels like that place is toxically feminine, like toxic femininity. And I was like, I understand what you're saying. And I think what he meant was like that tendency to be quiet in, in yoga and that it, there's only a certain certain type of way allowed that is actually yeah. quite narrow. Yeah, I, um, I've i been in studios like that. So I know exactly what he means where it's like, you have to tread softly. And it's like, I have never, I have never been accused of being a quiet person. So <laughs> that, that doesn't work for me. That's such a good way of putting it. Yeah. And I, and the funny thing is, is like, when things like that happen, you know that 
that there's a spell cast over it and that like the people inside don't want that necessarily either like the right. people that are a part of it also have rage and also want to breathe loudly but like i guess the only way i have to describe it is that there's like um yeah that there's sort of a a spell cast over it that takes people breaking it type yeah, of thing i i firmly believe whether it's a yoga studio a like any sort of org establishment if you have somewhere in your rules where it's spelled out that things are going to be a certain way then that's essentially casting a spell of what kind of people you want to bring in you're casting a spell for what's allowed and how people are going to feel while they're there yeah i would really love to go to one of your rage yogas I yeah. think that I think there's um a part of me and I'm curious if you get this often or at all where people deeply want to go but are like also kind of scared and intimidated. I I actually hear that a lot. Um so um I think one of the benefits is I am fully Zoom based at the current moment. So it's like you can just show up in your living room. You don't have to turn your camera on. I don't care. You don't have to turn your sound on. I don't care. And that's, I, I have, I have a couple of regulars, but one, the most frequent is a friend of mine from college. And we talk, we are always like, no, if it feels right for you, you could do this. Like you can just stay in child's pose. Like we're okay. Everybody is okay to just do what they feel like they need to do. And I think that is a huge part of the way I teach rage yoga is it's like, do whatever you need during our hour class. If you need to scream, if you need to swear, if you want to drink a beer while you do yoga, go for it. You have an hour to express your emotions and how you feel like you need to express your emotions. But people hear yeah. the word rage and I I don't know, maybe this is name, I should rename it, but I feel like people hear the word rage and then they instantly get kind of like, mm, I don't know if that's for me. Yeah. <laughs> something's like coming up there where. Right. Right. Yeah. And Hey, maybe that's a, something to journal about, maybe something to do shadow work on and uh, how people perceive the word rage. Yeah. I like, I like the word calling it rage yoga. I think it distinguishes the type of what's allowed, what, what kind of, it changes the spell, I guess. Right. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm never actually going to change it where it's just yeah. like, I feel like we need to acknowledge rage and me changing the name is essentially no longer acknowledging rage. Totally. What do people, what kind of um, feedback do you get after, after a rage sesh? Um, I have heard that people feel lighter and I had somebody reach out she didn't say anything after she left the class. She reached out a couple days later where she was like, I feel I have felt so much more confident since having mm -hmm. your class. And I feel like I can express myself more. And that is probably the best review that I could ever get. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have a dream of doing this in the woods with you. Can we please? That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, we can. Oh my gosh, that that would be so nice. I think that I have this thing where like I I feel the need to be very loud and I and like I get nervous about other people hearing and so the woods would be a really nice um I understand that solution completely. to that. 
because I, I mean, I, I have a child, so I can't like, I can't scream as loud as I want because like I'm in my living room and the sound will travel up the stairs where she is trying to sleep. So obviously I'm not going to scream as loud as I would as if I were in a studio or if I were in the woods or something like that. Right which that would be very jarring to your daughter (laughs) exactly it's just like she is trying to sleep and if she starts crying then we need to take a pause as a class because I have to go deal with it so yeah yeah but yeah we should I I, I'm gonna put that out into the ether I think that's very doable I feel like we could yeah yeah and also we're gonna have the beautiful thing about this France retreat which I which I've I've experienced the energy at this place that we're going to before because I went last year. But something that surprised me is there's so much room for improv on yeah. retreats. And like, I'm just thinking, so we have the river bathing uh, ritual mm-hmm. where we hike to the river. And, you know, who knows? There's op- there's so much opportunity for, I could see us, I could see us getting a little weird and, and wild with the river bathing and like, expressing and that type of we thing. could totally do a scream ritual just let it out yeah vocal and physical cleansing <laughs> yeah and water is such a powerful trans mm-hmm. transmutes so much mm. yay <laughs> we could easily do that yeah <laughs> yay rage <laughs> um okay so this has been so beautiful and we're coming up on time um and for those listening Libby was very patient with me this morning because basically this interview got pushed like 45 minutes so I really appreciate your time this morning oh I I'm happy to I feel like I I feel like it was just like bound to happen I'm you know we're we're not far from each other and I can so I am sure that your weather looks very similar to how my weather looks and I don't know if you noticed it but while we were recording my lights kind of like dimmed and I was almost just like no please no, now is not the time for a power outage. I can't deal with it. I so. did see a little something, but I was just going to move right through it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was, it's just kind of like, it's, it's a rainy Monday. We were bound to have some sort of technical glitch. And if yeah. that means a 45 minute push, then I'm glad it was just a 45 minute push. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, Okay, so at the end of interviews, I like to do this thing that I um, adopted from another person's podcast. It's called Just One Thing Five Times. Are you ready to play? Yes, let's do it. Okay, it's really easy. Basically, I'll give you a prompt, and it will be just one thing that blank, and then you just kind of tell me what comes to mind. Okay, cool. Okay. All right, so Libby, what is just one thing that you like about yourself? um my confidence um nice and simple I love it I need to find a way to like because it's just one thing five times and people are really good at giving fast responses I like don't know how to respond I'm like cool next question (laughs) so I'm gonna figure out a good a, a better transition for that but love it confidence what's just one thing that you are proud of uh, the, the life that I built for myself. What's just one thing that you are committed to? My family. 
How old is your daughter? She's she's three. She'll be four in February. Oh, is she an Aquarius or a Pisces? She's a Pisces. <laughs> Beautiful. You will constantly have an emotional reminder. <laughs> oh, she's also a Pisces rising. So there is a lot of emotion in that little one. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, okay, what is one thing that really ticks you off, pet peeve? When I am running late. <laughs> It's like the Capricorn thing that I can't shake out of myself. Like I am, I, and I, I was hesitating a little to say that because we did push time, but it was like, you were in oh contact with me. So I did know what was going on, but in reality, like one of my pet peeves is being late and not like having, not knowing what's going on. <laughs> mm. Wow. That God bless. <laughs> so I'm guessing you don't run late very often. I, I try, well, that's, I, I have a three-year-old, so yes, I do, but <laughs> um, I hate, I hate it. And, but I, I am lucky enough. Like I, for those who don't know, I do have a nine to five job still. Um, so oh, I, I am, that. I am actually late to work almost every day. So nice. But I am fortunate enough to have a supervisor who also has a young child yeah. and she's just like, it, you're good. <laughs> don't worry as it should be really it's like right. I'm sorry that my creation of another life <laughs> and my life itself has gotten in the way <laughs> like um, well, I, I'm at the point where I'm just kind of like I'm gonna be at least five minutes late it is what it is guys set your yeah. expectations low <laughs> yep completely and then when yep when you're on time it's like what well, this is awesome <laughs> oh you had a good morning I did yeah <laughs> Um, uh, what is one, just one thing that you'd like to do before you die? <clears throat> Live. I, I don't have anything in particular. Mm -hmm. I just want to experience. I don't want to limit myself. I just want to take experiences while I have the chance to. That's so, it feels so like just present as you say that like there's no expectation but a real like intention to experience life as it comes I as I was giving you my answers I was like yeah you can really tell I'm a hearth witch because <laughs> everything I'm Simple. saying is all like family like I care about but the people that I'm surrounded with and it <laughs> everything about me I just want it to be intentional mm -hmm. and I just want to enjoy my time on this floating rock in space it's so needed and it's refreshing in an age where i feel the pressure to constantly be growing and expanding and you know that like we're constantly online and and i think that personalities and energies like yourself that take us in inward and like find life I'm like holding my earrings as I'm talking about this um, <laughs> and finding the life and the beauty right here. I think that's a very powerful force actually. So I don't think it's boring at all. The way, the way that I think of it uh, is you are going to grow regardless of what you do, because every experience makes us grow in some way, whether for better or for worse, we're always growing. We're always changing and whether we realize it or not. So I, I figure that it, growth will happen to me, 
regardless of what I experience and it's all going to work out the way that it should be. That's a beautiful note to end on. Um, okay, Libby, uh, tell us how we can work with you, how we can connect with you on socials, all that jazz. Sure. So I am Yogini Witch Libby on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. However, you will notice that I'm not often on TikTok, so that's not my preferred method. Um, and then you can also check out my podcast, The Spells We Tell Ourselves. It is a witchy mindset podcast where I actually talk a lot, of, more recently talk a lot about how to make your life a little bit more magical. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time and for coming onto my podcast. You're welcome. I'm so glad that we did this. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Libby Duffy. For more things spirituality, yoga, and retreats around the world, feel free to join me on my Instagram. Um, I am at joyplay. That's at J-O-Y-P-L-A-Y. And I'd love to hear from you. So feel free to reach out. All right. Have a wonderful weekend, you guys. And I'll catch you Monday for our moonlit chat. Bye.